not taking responsibility for recording. Yeah, you can't. Right. With great power comes great responsibility. It, Quite frankly, I'm not ready for that. It, it throws me. Hey, I'm not ready for such power. Well, I agree with that, but that's the only choice, <laughs> the only option we've got. <laughs> you have to give me something to do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah exactly. The only thing. Rob's allowed to push a button. Welcome to Cloud Realities, live from Google Next in 2023. Uh, we're a conversation show exploring the practical and exciting alternate realities unleashed through cloud-driven transformation. I'm Dave Chapman. And I'm Rob Kernan. On this sort of small run of live shows, we're going to be coming direct from the expo floor at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. Uh, you can hear it in the background now. Uh, we're on day one, just shortly after the main keynote. Joining us this week, we've got some amazing Googlers. They're going to be bringing us the latest views on AI, digital transformation, future retail, financial services, and general business transformation. What we're also going to do is keep you posted on the big themes and news from the conference. And joining us in that, as you heard, is roving reporter Rob Kernahan, back live from last year's conferences. Rob, you're back? Yes, back and ready to, uh, to go. And you got like list of interesting stuff to say? We have, yeah. I'm slightly panicked again, like last year. Coming up with interesting stuff, but we've got there. Lists are forming. News uh, articles are coming. That's good. It's just in time. Just in time podcasting. <laughs> yeah, just in time quite scary podcasting. Yeah, yeah. that's what you need. Yeah. That's what you need. Now, so how was your trip? Uh, Dave, I, um, best said my trip I had enough experience to write a chapter in my memoirs. <laughs> I think it's best described as <laughs> The longest 12 hours. The longest 12 hours I've ever experienced. It's, it's for me closer to 72 hours of shenanigans <laughs> and uh, I think um, there's a story to be told and I might need a bit of counselling when I get back but yeah I got here it's uh, good to be here but it was quite the experience. Yeah yeah it's, it, it's travelling in this day and age is is not necessarily the comfortable experience it once was in the jet age. I am all for dynamic systems but not when it comes to travel and your logistics need to be there and locked down rob when when rob uh, travels uh, <laughs> like when i travel i've done a fair bit of business travel over the over the years and i sort of get to the destination and then get my phone out and think oh i wonder what hotel i'm staying in when rob travels he's got like a plastic folder of printed <laughs> oh, out wow. information Including, uh, <laughs> we, we arrived in Munich once to do one of these things, and, and, I, and I did the usual walking out of the airport, say to Rob where we're staying, and Rob's like, oh, I've got a sheet with that on. So he pulls out an A4 sheet, and on the A4 sheet, in big typeface, like, you know, 72 font, was the name of the hotel we were staying in. So you can show it. Yeah, <laughs> so you the taxi driver. Be prepared. Exactly. Be prepared. So welcome well, to San Francisco, Rob Kernan. Yeah, uh, well, I'm here now anyway, and it's good to be here as well. 72 hours, did you go the other way around instead? No, it, the, all the travel chaos started before and then kept going when I arrived. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite the experience. <laughs> well, we made it and we're here. Let's we are, dig in, kids. shall we? There's a good bit of buzz on the floor as well. So uh, Let's crack on. Yeah, let's get going. So you may have heard him already in the background. I am delighted to say that Rodrigo Rocha, the director of Global Horizontal Partnerships at Google Cloud, has joined us today to talk about AI. So, Rodrigo, really big welcome. Thank you for taking the time to do this in what I'm sure is a super busy schedule. Just want to say hello and tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me here. First of all, great job saying my last name. Usually people struggle, but you nailed it. That's how we say in Brazil. I'm originally from Brazil, Rocha. I'm, I'm going to take that. 
as a big first success. <laughs> <laughs> like it, that normally doesn't go that well. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy uh, to be here today. My my trip here. Um, I mean, Seattle, Washington was less eventful than yours, yeah. Rob. <laughs> No, but it's great to be here. I run um, our ISV applications and AI partnerships for Google Cloud. So a lot of our partners are here uh, in the booths uh, at the show. So it's great to be here. So in terms of that ecosystem you're managing there, I mean, one, it's probably a no-brainer to say that it's, I'm sure it's an enormous ecosystem of ISV partners. But give us a, paint us a little picture about how, you know, over the course of the last 18 months, with the rise of Gen AI in particular over the last 12 months. Give us a, just give us a little portrait of, of how that ecosystem has been shifting around and changing and maturing. Yeah, absolutely. So you heard Thomas just saying now on the keynote, we have more than 100,000 partners wow. uh, that have joined the Google Partner Advantage program. That's where we keep tracks and provide programs to partners, incentives, and, and do business with them. And over the last, I would say, eight months, uh, the... Uh, the footprint of our partner ecosystem has evolved quite a bit. We're right. seeing a lot more action with um, AI startups coming to partner with us. A lot, company, a lot of companies that want to innovate faster mm. uh, across the entire spectrum. Uh, companies both on the services side as well as software companies that want to infuse generative AI into their applications. Right, right. And, and give us an example maybe of the ones that stand... What, what, what are a couple of the of the partners and ISVs that are newly entering the market that are really standing out for you at the moment? Yeah, brand new ISVs, uh, I would say that we have startups like um, the Typeface, Jaspers of the world. Um, we uh, are working very closely with both of them. Mm. Then we have the more established companies. You just heard Thomas on stage talking about our partnership with Workday that's bringing new generative AI infused into their HCM platform. Mm. platform. Um, as well as uh, UKG, we have partnerships with companies um, that are here on, on, on the floor as well, like Twilio, Dialpad, that all have infused generative AI into their processes and are changing the world they're engaging with customers. Right, right. And uh, Google themselves, of course, uh, you're, you're no new entrant to the world of AI, been investing in it for years. I think they had a, made, made a point of that in this morning's keynote. Mm -hmm. So in, in terms of what what you as an organization have seen in the last 12 months and, and changes that you guys might have been going through um, to you know, react to what the market's doing. Did it surprise you, this like exponential takeoff that we've seen since this time last year? I don't think it is um, a surprise. Google was preparing itself for this day to come for a while, as, mm. as you saw. We launched the transformer technology in 2017, which is the baseline for all this generative AI uh, uh, effort that we see across all companies in the world. Uh, what we, um, I would say I was surprised to see though, was how fast the enterprise sector has been adopting generative AI. Right. It was very gimmicky, very consumerish uh, yeah, right. in the end of last year, beginning of this year. And then I would say that over the last four to five months, we have seen the enterprises really taking a posture on generative AI, trying to infuse it into their processes, uh, trying to first help how their employees become more productive so they can get to market faster, but also on solutions that they are offering themselves to their end customers. And, and that piece of work 
really took off, I would say, it's, five months ago. That's really interesting seeing that. We, we spoke on a previous episode about enterprises having to create the mastery around AI and how do they embed that and make it work for them in an effective way. It's really interesting to hear you say you see that now lifting and they're getting the grips, you know, they're getting the grip on AI and starting to make it work for them. Is there anything particularly mm-hmm. exciting you've seen in the AI field that sort of like stands out for you in, the, in, the, in those use cases? Yeah, everyone likes to, um, every generative AI demo that you see in the enterprise, it's a customer service demo of yeah. some sort. So there is a yeah, lot like of- chatbots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a lot of that going on, but I think some of the innovation that you have seen today from, from Workday, and you'll learn more about that through the conference, is really breakthrough. And the reason that I say that is because um, it's the ability to generate documentation, uh, job descriptions, mm-hmm. and um, generate insights on your um, employee base in a way that supports managers around the world yeah. to make better calls around performance management, around the talent that they have in the organization, what type of talent they should go after uh, in the marketplace, identify the right talent in the market to go and bring into the organization. So none of that actually existed at this scale with generative AI six months ago. It's funny you should say that because, you know, when you walk around the expo, uh, not just on the on the Google stalls, but on, I would say, I don't know, I'm going to say 80% of the stalls, there is absolute mention of, of AI-driven something or other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like looking back on last year's conferences, for example, there was the odd little AI startup maybe, but like they, they, it, it, didn't, it didn't run as a through line throughout the entire conference. I wonder if you give us an insight into, and, and give the listeners an insight into how Google is positioning AI at this conference in particular. Yeah. So for us, it's super important for our um, customers, partners, and listeners here to really understand the difference between what's enterprise class generative AI from the consumer AI. Yeah. At Google yeah. Cloud, we have a very definitive posture around Vertex AI, which is our enterprise class set of tools to provide companies and partners with the ability to generate um, generative AI on top. Mm. And that provides, right out of the bat, very specific capabilities that um, all customers out there are demanding from from, uh, the providers, such as data protection, uh, knobs and controls to ensure that your data and your data postures throughout the company are protected, safeguarded, and they are not being used by a third party to train their models. Mm -hmm. So all of that differentiation for us is key front and center in, in, in how we are trying to message here in the conference the key differentiations of Google on generative AI. Right, right, right. And, and when you walk around like outside the center, there's, there's like there's, the, you know, Google Next uh, is, is, is creating coverage right across the center of San Francisco at the moment. That you, it, there are those posters and artwork everywhere. And some things that really are eye-catching in terms of positioning AI. And a couple that stood out to me, um, the first is which, which Rob, I think, comes to your uh, galactic data center. No, no, I was going with delightful travel journey. I'm coming to that. Don't blow the don't blow the big bit. But the um, it, no, is like, can AI make flying smoother? I wish it could. Is that something you're uh, an advocate? I for? needed some AI this weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think certain airlines definitely need an influx of AI. Um, so let's talk about that one to start with. Um, how can AI make flying smoother? In in a case study like that, what's what's your read of the positioning there. Yeah. So um, 
we are all talking about AI in the market, but ultimately there are two large camps of AI, generative AI, and there is a lot of talk. Uh, we have talked about generative AI a lot already here, but there is also the predictive AI. Yeah. The predictive AI, which is the most common type of AI that we have seen over the past years, mm. that area that can support uh, better flying can support better designs of airplanes, can support designs of engines, designs of flying dynamics that can withstand better turbulence, so on and so forth. It can be worked also on airport systems to better designs routes and schedules for airplanes that minimize congestion, that minimize the chaos. Uh, it can be used also in luggage to get your luggage back to you faster through logistics in the airport. So the application of AI just in the travel and transportation industry is huge. I bet, Rob, when you were listening to that, the luggage one stood out for you, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the paranoia about your luggage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got quite excited, actually. Rob, uh, <laughs> Rob travels with an enormous case. <laughs> it, it, even when we only travel for like a couple of days on business, it looks like Rob's no going to stay on. for, you know. <laughs> I, I, exactly, doesn't do carry on. It's like, I'm all about the carry on. I'll leave stuff at home and I'll double wear tops. How many, how many, um, how many tops did you bring with you, Rob? Uh, uh, probably more than I needed. But I like choice. I like the ability to choose, you know. That's, that, that's the, yeah. you like free-flowing fashion decisions every exactly. morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> you could use... I think, Rodrigo, there's probably an AI application for that, isn't there? No, I bet there is. <laughs> that can be with it. better packing, making better decisions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And for the listeners, that's a great business idea right there for you. Yeah, yeah, th yeah. There you go, right? Yeah. It's just like, this is like owned by Cloud Realities Productions, though, I hasten yeah, yeah. to add, Rodrigo. <laughs> Everything that's said on here. Exactly. <laughs> the, the other one, though, um, that, uh, like, honestly, I, I just love, I love this other bit of positioning that's, that's around AI supporting the conference is... Can AI find life on other planets? Wow. And that one really fires the imagination. So in your head, what's going on there? Wow, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting one. So um, let me say that um, it can be a tool that helps scientists look for the possibility of life elsewhere, right? So if you look at imagery that we collect from other planets mm. and data that we connect from other planets, AI can be that tool that starts to identify patterns and identify patterns that find um, carbon molecules and, and things like that that actually can be an indication of life elsewhere. So very excited. It, it's, it certainly can be applied in this field as well. Mm. And I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, getting more mainstream. Not spaceships then? Not quite yet. I, I was, I was hoping you were going to go to, I was yeah. going to go to spaceships. <laughs> that would be that would be good. But I mean, even still, I mean, an absolutely amazing and yeah. and very far flung um, application of it. When when you know, those are a couple of examples and, of oh, yeah, and also to uh, analyze radio signals, right? So we right. have the initiatives like SETI that's always listening to signals coming from space and trying to identify patterns on those signals, and a lot of that uses models, models that can be built with. Um, with AI um, so, tools. So more of a tool to know where to point the spacecraft at, and then you know you're gonna get there and something interesting is gonna be at the other end. Yeah, exactly. navigation aid. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so look, it, it, it would be um, probably wrong to talk about uh, AI and generative AI at the moment without talking about some of the challenges around it. So let's, let's start with challenges in actually applying it 
and uh, and some of the challenges that organizations are going to find over the course of the of the next 12 months in actually driving some business value out of, out of AI. There's lots of talk about it, but how do you convert it into something that's legitimately going to help my business mm -hmm. or drive something interesting for my customers? And then we'll come on perhaps to some of the broader societal things that we need to uh, take care of. We're like stewards of bringing this into the world. So let's start with that. What, what are the major things that you would advise organizations to think about in terms of uh, trying to drive value? Yeah. No, you, you actually touched on that as part of your question. In the beginning of this process, I mentioned five, six months ago, we saw enterprises really leaning in heavy on generative AI. And transparently at the start, they didn't know where to focus on. So we saw a lot of experimentation, science fiction, so to speak, right, with right. the projects. I think that we are maturing more to a phase where uh, they are really trying to answer the business value question first and then look at generative AI. Six months ago, it was the other way around. Let's mm, do generative right. AI and you didn't have necessarily the biz out, business outcome clear. And now this is the front of conversation. And we do help organizations with that. We have workshops that are meant not technology-driven workshops, but business use case-driven workshops yeah. to really unleash that type of conversation at the start. And once the use case and the scenarios are well identified, then applying the technology, believe it or not, uh, is the easiest part mm. because that's where we have built enterprise class tooling like you saw today. In two minutes, you built a full site with enterprise search for the DMV example that you saw on stage. Those are the type of tools that actually can expedite from ideation to um, execution of those use cases. Could you maybe, for listeners that didn't get to see the keynote, maybe just mm -hmm. give us a little pen picture of, uh, of the case study that you talk about there? Yeah, the, the, the example the, the team shared on stage was an enterprise search where um, you could work with a, a DMV department, a department of motor vehicles to make the whole experience about finding information in their site much more seamless. Mm -hmm. yeah. So mm -hmm. today, if you go to any site, in the public records to look for just simple information, how to renew your driver's license, how to uh, have a vanity license plate. You have to click through pages and pages and pages of website until you actually get the help that you need. And then you have to read a pretty long set of explanations. When you apply generative AI to a use case like that, you can ultimately uh, engage with smart assistant right. and with a few questions in natural language, you get straight to the point of the site that you need to be, all of that annotated with content, step by step, so on and so forth. I think, I think for me, that's one of the most exciting things of AI, which is what it can do for just making our lives easier. There's a lot in our busy lives we have to deal with, and the computer weeding out the things we don't need to know and t telling us what we, we should look at. We talked about it from a security perspective, an architectural perspective, a business perspective, but also from a personal perspective. How is it going to help me as an individual, and why should I embrace it? And it's an excellent example to get to what the information you need really quickly. Absolutely. Maybe just to bring our conversation today to a, a little bit of a conclusion, uh, let, let's focus then on the sort of the societal impact of AI potentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what are the things that um, you and your organization are thinking about, say over the next 12 months, that, that we really need to safeguard, like I said, with our generation of stewards of bringing this ultra powerful technology into the world. What do we need to be cautious of, do you think, Rodrigo? Yeah. I think that's a very deep topic. Uh, it's everyone's responsibility. It's yeah. not the responsibility of a single company. It's a societal responsibility. Mm. 
for us at Google Cloud, we ensure that the tools that we develop and the tools that we provide to customers, they have what we call the responsible AI theme mm. infused into them. The output of our generative AI models, before they are presented back to the company that sent the request, they actually go through a validation that detects um, if the content that was submitted if it was harmful or not, if it had any sexual content, anything that was derogatory of what we deem a responsible AI. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. actually filtered and the request is not served. Or if it is a company that's asking that request, we give them an index right. or with the percentages that we believe that response is um, appropriate for. Right. And with that, the company may have the ability to decide if they want to present the answer to their customers or not. Yeah. So thinking about that as you design the product from scratch, of thinking about the potential that it has to do good, but also realizing that in the world you do have bad agents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you infuse that type of um, uh, concern from the get-go into the design of your products and services, you can dram dramatically minimize um, the the exploitation, if you will, uh, capability of a bad agent out there. And I think I think it's really important that the protections are built in at the base layer as we think about how we build it up, so they're there and they're present, and we've thought about them. So they're not an afterthought and a bolt-on which could be complicated to integrate. A hundred percent. At the base thinking layer means you've architected it correctly and it's going to work properly. Exactly. Very good. So yeah, I think being aware of our responsibility and you know not not being naive in constructing yeah. them is is uh, you know a step by step process over the course of the next year. So look, Rodrigo, thanks for sharing those insights. Yeah. Um, but we're at the head of the conference right now. It's only just kicked off, uh, and we're all coming in with uh, a bunch of expectations. So Rob, I know you have been looking forward to this for for best part of a year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's uh, there's five themes I'm quite excited to see come out of the conference. The first is the one we've just discussed, which is AI. But importantly, how that's going to drive better productivity. Something that plagues countries at the moment about how they increase productivity. AI, very exciting, some applications. Well, as, as we've been talking about, certainly yeah. as, a, as, a, as a presence, AI is the central theme of this conference, I would, I would suggest. Yeah, and it's mm -hmm. how, how that's going to be the mech suit for the enterprise, for the individual, help us out, etc. So theme one, very strong, and we know we're going to hear a lot about that. Uh, second was around leveraging data sets, but real-time information being fed in so we can make better decisions. So real-time data management really becoming mm -hmm. a big thing, but you've got these massive data sets. And coping with it can be difficult. So how do yeah. we improve the ability to cope with data and real-time and better decision-making? Yeah, a good one, because we, I mean, we talk a lot on the show about um, leveraging data is as difficult as it ever was. Yeah. You can drive amazing insights these days, and you can drive you know, kind of point-forward experiences, but if your data is bad, you know, exactly. it's not, it's not going to fix that for you, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and just this morning, we announced um, Google Cloud extensions for generative AI. Yeah. And that's the piece that actually has the capability to keep the answers fresh mm. with current data. This, these large language models, they are frozen, right? So they were trained on a set of data. So to your point, how do you keep that data fresh? Extensions comes uh, to aid with that, where you'll be able to infuse extensions into your uh, workloads, your generative AI workloads, and have fresh data, live data, back to the beginning of our conversation, real-time flight data. Yeah, yeah, oh yes. 
being useful. Um, yeah. And, and then um, three was around, um, theme three was around technology and multi-cloud tech. And Google have been at the center of multi-cloud tech for a long time with a lot of the technology. So hoping to see a bit of that mature and come out do, of the conference. Do you think the halcyon days of parity multi-cloud platforms and switching workloads is coming, Rob? Uh, well, I think we're moving towards it. Right, yeah. uh, the ability to burst into different clouds, use their capability and come back. But uh, more choice for the platform and the product to be able to decide where it executes, mm. I think would be quite cool to see. So I'm hoping to see something in that area. Um, theme four, uh, democratization of IT and putting more power in the hands of the users to be able to form the results that they want with the right guardrails and capabilities. Yeah. So uh, that can be extremely powerful. And uh, we've always talked about the more diverse the audience over the top of the data set, thinking differently gets better results. And I think when you're uh, talking about organizations that are ad adaptable and want to move at the speed of their markets and respond quickly, you can't have lots of handoffs between the person making a business decision and then the person yeah. pressing a button on a computer. It seems increasingly retrograde to have that type of organizational structure. Yeah, so more more capability in the system to allow us to achieve that democratization of systems would be good to see. And finally, theme five, everyone's favorite security, uh, which is while we do all this stuff, democratizing it, moving around, choosing compute, leveraging data, we have to make sure that we're secure when we do it. And talked a bit earlier about the, that has to be embedded within the architecture to make sure that we're safe and secure in all the things that we do when we undertake this fantastic new set of technology tools. It's a lot to look forward to. So, Rodrigo, anything there that we missed? Anything you're looking forward to over the next couple of days in particular? I, I think it's a, it's an amazing opportunity <laughs> to just uh, learn a lot, get in front of all of these five trends that you, you shared with us, Rob. On that last trend in particular, around democratization within um, the enterprise, Duet AI as a platform has a lot to offer, both yeah. to the knowledge worker as well as to the IT worker. So Duet AI for cloud and Duet AI for Google Workspace is that democratization layer, if you will, and of, I like, of uh, bringing AI to our functions. And I like the name Duet. I think it works very well as AI and the human working together to create the right answer. So spot so on. Well named. Great. Look, Rodrigo, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we end every episode of our show by asking the guests what they're excited about doing next. And that could be, I've got a great booking at a restaurant this evening in town, or it could be, I'm just dying to get home to see my family. So what are you looking forward to seeing next? Well, I'm actually uh, excited to hit a Brazilian restaurant here called Fogo de Chão. It's oh. very close to the show floor. It's a Brazilian barbecue place. It, it's a little resemblance of home for me. Ah, very. I spied that when I came in. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we it's talked great. about that when we were here at the weekend. <laughs> Have you got a booking? I do, I do. I thought I had. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully it'll do those, uh, the, the little red-green, yep. the red-green things you turn over That's when right. you want, you know, if you never get it to stop. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, enjoy that. It's been a real pleasure talking to you this morning, and thanks again for making the time. Same here. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Rob. Uh, so a huge thanks to our guest, Rodrigo, live at Google Next. Thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, to our sound and editing wizard, Ben, and of course, to all our listeners. Um, we're on LinkedIn and X, Dave Chapman, Shauki Zal, and Rob Kernahan. Feel free to follow or connect with us and let us know if you have any ideas about the show. And of course, if you haven't already done that, rate and subscribe to our podcast. See you back in Google's reality soon.